This is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics and how it affects you. I am looking at the world's economics, trying to interpret them, and more importantly, wondering where they are going and what they are going to do to us in particular. So this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them, and occasionally my opinions. I want this to be an educational show for you, so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy it, and welcome. It is Sunday, March 7th, and this is the Economy Guy coming your way for another wrap-up of last week's exciting news. I'm still in the south of France. Just can't get out. So much fun. Yes, it is fun. Well, during the week, you walk around and you see people at cafes. The cafes are closed, of course, as all our restaurants. But at the doorway, there's some tables, and then you can go up to the table and you can order a drink. So you can order a coffee or red wine or white wine or a a uh, vin chaud, a hot wine, so or hot chocolate, you know, the, all the wonderful drinks. It's getting warmer now, my dad. I actually walked out today and went shopping with just a shirt and no jacket. It was fabulous. I really enjoyed that. Well, one of the things that recently happened at the end of February, a new law came into place in France, which no one told anyone about, which was if you were caught drinking an alcoholic drink on the street, uh, that's illegal, and you're fined 135 euros on the spot. Boom! That's really exciting. Well, a friend of ours actually got caught that way. Now, uh, just, just to show you how entrepreneurs are ahead of the system, or there's collusion, or something is going on here, which is I find really fascinating. This is culture at its best. The cafe owners now serve alcoholic drinks in coffee uh, uh, paper cups, coffee cups. So it looks like you're drinking coffee. That's what all of them are doing. And the police leave you alone. Isn't that fun and exciting? I think so. Well, on with today. I have five segments to talk to you about. The first segment is what I call the main story. What's really going on in the world today? I This is unique. I haven't heard anybody say it the way I'm about to say it. I'm going to put together a bunch of facts and with the uh, What's, what's, you know, cause and effect type things. I believe there are cause and effects and some unexplainable things are going on too. That's the first segment. Second segment, a, a review of the markets to keep a track of those going. The third segment is uh, kind of the uh, tidbit rational news or, you know, what a little tidbit news that happen out there. It's good to keep track of what's really going on. The fourth is um, what is broken in the economy that we're living in. What is broken? That's kind of an interesting way to look at it. And the fifth and probably the most important one segment is the wrap-up of what are the predictors of a coming stock market crash. All six of them. I'll review those at the end. And uh, I hope you enjoy it because things are flashing in that area now. They're getting a, a, little, a little hairier. So, okay, upward and onward. Onward to segment number one, and that is what I call the main story of what's happened 
this last week and what's happened, what's really going on right now in the markets? What's the major thing? Let me give you the bottom line first, and then the supporting evidence afterwards and cause and effects. Okay, the bottom line is it's all about interest rates. That's the increasing 10-year U.S. Treasury rate going up. That increase in the Treasury rate is driving everything else in the market, with one exception. We'll talk about all of that. What's, it, what's really happening? Well, the first thing is, much to everyone's chagrin, because this is not what people predict, the U.S. dollar is stronger, much stronger, because the U.S. Treasury interest rate is higher. There is a very good correlation between interest rates. High interest rates mean strong dollar. People want to buy a dollar when they can get more interest on U.S. Treasuries. So, and that is happening now. That is really happening. We'll review that uh, when I talk about the, the Section 5 in detail on what, what's going up, what's not going up in various uh, exchange rates. But that's happening now, and it's, it's caught my attention, and it's uh, counterintuitive because we're expecting a weakening dollar, which is going to cause inflation. That just the opposite happened. We had a stronger dollar because we have a higher interest rate. Isn't that exciting? Second, gold is down. Gold is down. There's also a very strong correlation with higher interest rates and lower price of gold. That's happening right now. Watch it. Uh, third, the quandary. What's going on with stocks? Stocks are higher. The Dow set a new record. Yeah, they should be lower. Okay, with a uh, that this is the uh, quandary. Why is our stocks higher when they should be lower with higher interest rates? That's that's the question. Fundamentally, they should be going down a little bit. Junk bonds. We talk about junk bonds, don't we? Well, well junk bonds are weakening, meaning their interest rates going up. So, again. The 10-year Treasury increase in interest rates is pushing all interest rates up, including junk bond interest rates. It's just beginning to show in the junk bond market. And we'll cover that also in the last fifth segment when we get there. And then uh, the quandary that people always talk about. There's questions being asked about what's the Fed doing about this? This 10-year interest rate's going up like a rocket. It's going up fast. I talked about that last week. It's going up really fast. It continued to go up really fast. It continues to go up really fast. It's going up really fast. It's got up, 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 up. What's the Fed going to do about it? It can't allow that to happen forever, can it? No, it can't. But if it keeps going up, what are they going to do? Well, there's nothing but rumors, nothing but guesses. The Fed has not said anything about it. Uh, there are rumors that uh, the best one that I, if I'm my rumor, would be the Fed will start buying longer dated bonds like 10 year bonds. When they buy those bonds, the price will go up, the interest rate will go down on those bonds. That is the natural action of the Fed, of a Fed that wants to keep interest rates low. And uh, whether you agree or disagree with the concept of keeping interest rates low, that's what the Fed should be doing if they want to keep it low. And so far, that's what they want to do. That's it for the first segment. On So you did you get the real story there? It's all about the 10-year treasury going up like a rocket. That's what this is all about. Everything else is being pushed because of it, with the exception of stocks, which has a question mark in my mind. Why? Why? There's a reason. I don't have it nailed down, but there's a reason. On to segment number two.
This is segment number two, and I'm going to give you a breeze right through the markets, what they did this last week. Let's start with stocks. The Dow Jones ended up at 31,500, roughly up 600 points during the week. Massive move up by the Dow. It was up and down and all around, but at the end of the week, it was up 600 points. Uh, remember I asked before, why? Well, it's more people buying than selling is the obvious answer. Oh, well. <clears throat> Onward to that. 10-year Treasury. What happened to it? It ended the week at 1.554%. I gave you it in detail that time because it is as a massive jump. Another one from the previous week. During the week, it actually hit 1.6%. So it is a, it's a booming, booming increase in yields falling in the value of the 10-year bond. That's what's going on right now. That is what everything else is all about. How about oil? Oil went up slightly to $66, and OPEC has uh, decided they will continue to uh, keep their cuts in place. In other words, OPEC is making a lot more money because the price of oil is up. They're not about to flood the market with more oil, as some administrations would have them do it right now. No, they want to increase the price of oil, so the increase is everything, and they're going to get very rich, and you're going to pay more at the pump. That's a fact. The U.S. dollar went up. We talked about that a little bit. The euro uh, uh, was as low as 1.38%. It uh, ended at 1.39 something. Uh, it's 1.38 for the pound, uh, 108 for the yen. It's uh, amazing. So the dollar uh, got strong for the euro and the yen. It, it fell a little bit against the pound. The pound is strong. Question mark. Why is the pound strong? What's going on with the pound? Mm -hmm. Gold ended at 1701. Ugh, down a little bit, down, uh, but very bad, very very bad. But uh, might be forming a bottom. If we'll see this coming week, what happens? Fundamentals are the same. Fundamentals for gold are, are very positive. Uh, and just throw a, a little statistic in here at the end. Job growth really was strong this last week. The economy is strong in the United States. Why is that? I, I'm, I said that last week. Uh, you may have questioned, why am I saying it's strong? But as I've been saying, it's weak forever. I'm saying it's strong now. I think the economy in terms of GDP is kind of back. It's back to where it should be, and it's going to get better. How can it get better? It's very simple. More and more people will be going back to work as the lockdown stops. Texas and Mississippi and I think some other states actually stopped their lockdown altogether and opened their economy up as quote-unquote normal, like Florida is right now. As more states do that across the nation, more people will be getting their jobs back. The biggest employment is happening in hotels and restaurants and places like that as they start to open up again. That's the boom that we see. I also, I believe, this is my assumption, uh, me speaking personally, I believe there's a pent-up demand inside uh, the uh, American public to want to buy, 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 and go out and have sit down at a restaurant and, and to get back to normal. They're tired of this lockdown. They're tired of masks. They're tired of all of the restrictions that are going on. And we're seeing that come out in a lot of different ways. But I think we'll see it coming out economically. That's it for segment two. On to segment three, folks.
And this is segment number three. These are the miscellaneous stories that happened this last week. Let's start with the $1.8 trillion COVID bill has passed Congress. Both the House and the Senate approved it. It's on its way to President Biden, who will definitely sign it. That's a happening. So, and, uh, and I might add that a whole 10% of that bill is actually going to have anything to do with COVID. The rest of it is a bunch of boondoggles for the narcissists who wrote it. So uh, they are like themselves a lot, and so, so be it. I mean, but Congress is consistent and has been for 50 years on doing those kind of things. Here's an interesting story about inflation. Venezuela. Love Venezuela. They just printed a new banknote, a one million boulevard note, one million boulevard. You don't have to carry around a you know a pocket load of notes anymore. You have it in a single note. And you know what that one million boulevard note is worth? 53 cents. 53 cents is what it's worth. The inflation rate in Venezuela is about, last year in 2020, was about 3,000%. So... It is today's perfect example of runaway inflation. So God bless the people in Venezuela. They're hurting. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that if you have dollars in your pocket, you're okay in Venezuela, but not if you have bolivars. Next, third story. There's a tax on carbon emissions coming. And, uh, and why is it coming? Because it, it will meet the Paris Accord agreement that the president has put us back into. And uh, it... Uh, and incidentally, the Paris Accord is not going to change anything at all. It's not going to change temperatures. The purpose of the Paris Accord is to take money out of people's pockets and redistribute it. That is a stated policy. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Um, so anyway, you will see uh, lots of different ways that carbon taxes are going to be starting added to everything that you buy. It's coming. It's not here yet. It's coming. So it'll be added inflation, added tax. You're going to be paying Okay, next story. U.S. mortgage rates are above 3%. Yes, remember they were down in the low mid-twos, uh, which, which was a great time. If they're rising along with all interest rates, right? Ten years going up, so are mortgage rates. Above 3% now, and they're we will they will continue to go up, 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 up. A little cute thing, a little side story here on stocks. Did you see that Tesla, had a stock price is kind of, falling a lot that uh elon musk's net worth is down 20 more than 20 billion dollars because of that yeah his worth is in that stock value also uh let's talk about stock markets here that the markets are assuming and pricing in that uh there will be a quarter of a percent rise in interest rates by 2023 uh, so you have to ask this, well, what, what's happening here? In fact, there's a, a lesser percent that it'll happen next year, 2022. But what, 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 when, because, I mean, whoever's pricing this in is clearly blind because they haven't seen what the 10 years doing, right? That's gone up way over a quarter percent. Okay, well, and on the other side of that, there's always two sides to a bet. There are people who are shorting the... Uh, S&P 500. It, there's a way of shorting it. Uh, the ETFs and called SQQQ, which is a uh, it it's, uh, multiplies the value as it goes down by three. It's an extremely dangerous thing to do. 
And uh, but people are buying that particular short, and it's there's a lot of people buying it right now. Uh, I ask why. Interesting question. That's it for the tidbit news. Woo! God bless the tidbits. On to segment number four. On to segment number four. This is a story about five things that are broken in the U.S. economy. Totally broken. And I'll just talk about each one separately here. First one is credit. Credit is artificially broken. It is. It is because, why? Because we have artificially low interest rates caused by the Fed. There's, there is no free market. It is a, a broken market. Forced low interest rates make people make not necessarily the best financial decisions. In fact, some very bad ones have been made and will continue to be made as long as this is in place. Um, now, credit can be used for good things and bad things. The kind of good things that you can be, like you can buy a house with credit, that's called a mortgage. Okay, that's a good thing. You can build wealth in it. You've got to pay the mortgage, but you can build wealth in it. Or you can borrow money to get an education because that education, if you pick the right field, will pay a lot of money and will pay back the student loan and make you a rich person. So those are good re good uses of debt, but there's bad uses of debt too. Very, 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 very bad. Uh, like companies buying their own stock. That's a good good example. Or uh, it, it's incidentally, this credit is broken everywhere. You know, I'll give you an example. In Germany, you know, where the European Union has negative interest rates on most of their debt, uh, now German banks have to pay the European Central Bank for holdings of uh, euros because they're, uh, and they have to pay negative interest to the European Central Bank. So they just send out a notice to all of their uh, depositors in their banks in Germany that said, hey, depositor, you're going to be paying negative interest rates to us because we have to pay it to them. And, 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 and it said they pay it to the bond bondholders. So that is kind of interesting, don't you think? And crazy. Broken is the word. It is broken. Totally broken. Okay, what's the next thing that is broken? Retirement is broken. The retirement system is totally, totally broken. Another way of saying retirement is dreams. The dreams are broken. People don't know it that their dream has been broken yet. Some people, baby boomers especially. Uh, but... Yeah, the, not good. Why? It's caused by interest rates being zero, right? I mean, that's, that's exactly what's causing that right now. And um, see, a ret in a retirement fund, say you're in a retirement fund that uh, you give them money and they make it grow and they pay you when you retire. Uh, the retirement fund, in order to pay what they promised they were going to pay you, have to be growing at seven or eight percent per year in the value of, the, of their investments. That that because they take their money and they invest it. Okay, and uh, that's really hard when interest rates are really, really, really low. You know what? What is the ten-year uh, bond? If you want to buy a ten-year bond, you're getting a solid one and a half percent, and that's not seven or eight. So uh, that's and, and incidentally, retirement funds love to buy bonds. That's because of the a surety of what they get. So they are taking riskier bets now too. Uh, and in, if you're an, an individual making controlling your own retirement fund, 
and you're trying to get a good return, you have to reach for yield, which means that you're no longer having a, a safe bet in your savings account and your bond buys. You have to now be buying stocks, which is the, the typical thing people have moved to. Now, that's been doing well, but it's very, very risky. The third thing that is broken are stocks. The stock market is broken. Why? Because prices don't reflect fundamental reality. Things are way overpriced. We've talked about it in infinite detail. I'm not going to continue that here. <clears throat> but know that the stock market is broken too. And uh, some of the problems that that causes, uh, companies are making not great financial decisions. And individuals who are investing in the stock market are just ignorant of the risk. There are a bunch of new investors out there that really don't know what they're getting into. Fourth broken thing is just broken data. Data, information is broken. Um, I worked in the computer field and, and uh, we had a thing, garbage in, garbage out. Man, you, you have a, could have a perfect computer system, but if you give it bad data, you get, you get bad answers. And that's a fact here too. So, uh, Take the unemployment data. Unemployment rate is currently stated 6.3% in the United States. And here's a great quote that goes along with it. Jeremy Powell, that's the chairman Fed, right? The Fed of the chairman, uh, he said, he quote, that unemployment is uh, dramatic, drastic, no, dra drastically understated, he said. In other words, he doesn't believe the data. Isn't that interesting? So that's a pretty good source. So it, and his rationale was uh, the definition, use the definition of unemployment. Well, if you see, if people have left the employment, are not looking for employment, they're no longer counted as unemployed, the, uh, why would people leave? Well, it's because the COVID caused them to leave, right? They had to stay home with their children. They had whatever. They had, they're unemployed. There's about 5 million of those. If you add those people back in, the un true unemployment today in the United States, because those people will want to get a job again in the future, are, is about 10%, not 6.4. So the, da the data is wrong. That's a dramatic difference of opinion here. That means it's, that data is pretty useless, in fact. How about the fifth thing that is uh, broken? That's the unemployment system itself. Why? Fraud. Very simple. Do you know that, that there is fraud in every single state for uh, claiming unemployment? And it, it ranges from 4% of all the claims to 35% of all the claims, depending on the state. Well, so... You guess which states are lowest and which states are highest. So, but I don't care. It should be zero in every state as far as I'm concerned. California, for example, has uh, admitted $19 billion of fraud they have found that they know about. What about the ones they don't know about? I bet it's a lot more than $19 billion. Oh, so if, uh, here's the problem. I mean, they have lousy computer systems. We know governments can't create computer systems, right? You remember the latest computer systems that, you know, like take Obamacare computer system, it blew up. It was, a, it was a embarrassing for the United States to create a piece of junk like that. So, but if Google can track your every search and then, uh, you know, and they give you advertisement based on your searches and they're that smart and they can do that, then why can't a state, you know, Stop the fraud. Find the fraud. Stop the fraud. Prosecute the fraud. That's what I think. Uh, it's because it's government. It's government. It's not private. Okay. So what's the summary of all those five broken things? 
Well, see, markets, they react to things like inflation or unemployment data, et cetera. They actually go up and down based on those announcements, but that the announcements are broken. They're not real. So that means that the movement of the markets is based on some fraudulent data. That's not good. Uh, so, and it's risky. So it, it adds risks to the system. I want, that's why I brought this fourth segment to you so you could hear. Why is there risk? More risk. And that's the end of the fourth segment. Let's move on to the fifth and most interesting segment. Of how do we stand with a precursor to market crash? And on to segment number five. What are the six precursors doing this last week for predicting a future market crash? Let's go through each one. The first one is the 10-year Treasury bond. Why is that a precursor? Well, as interest rates go up, and the 10-year is the best measure of interest rates going up in my mind, and has been historically, then uh, that means it's uh, harder to make money. Uh, people, it's harder to borrow money. It's harder for companies to make money. And therefore, it has more stress on companies making money, and that can cause uh, financial strain and therefore a break in the market. A value of, the, of stocks can go down due to an increase. And incidentally, the faster it goes up, the worse that becomes, and it's going up fast. So what, what happened this last week? The 10-year became is now 1.554%. The week before is 1.46. That's roughly a tenth of a percent in a week. It was a tenth of a percent up the previous week. That's two weeks in a row. Let's look at it in perspective. Five weeks ago, it was 1%. Now it's 1.55. That's a half a percent. It's over a half a percent gain in interest in five weeks. That is, or say one month, that is uh, really fast going up. I mean, I can't emphasize. I mean, it may not sound fast to you. It is fast. Just believe it. Interest rates do not move quickly. They move inexorably slowly like snails. This is moving fast. Something's going on here. Something's going on here. People are demanding more money. Uh, on well, We had a, a failure in a, uh, I would call it a failure in a treasury auction. Uh, the treasury put out seven-year uh, treasury notes for auction, and they were while they were covered, that means they had enough people to buy them all. It wasn't covered by multiples, like 10 times as many people wanted to buy them as, it, as the number existed. So uh, that's normal. Normal, there's a huge demand and a short supply. Now there was a supply and very little coverage. That meant the government had to pay more interest. That's what that ended up meaning. So interest rates are, are in, remember part one of the segment here, or part was, uh, what's the big story? The big story is this interest rate we're talking about. It's driving everything right now. So this is really worth walk, watching. I think this one is flashing orange, and it's could affect stocks. Stocks continue to go up. Why? I cannot explain it. I can't be very honest. I can't explain it other than more people are buying than selling. Really simple. And the Fed is pumping a lot more money, so there's more money to buy it with. So, so be it. Huh. Second precursor is high-yield bonds. High, yes, junk bonds. When, uh, when the interest rate, or the, say the value, when the, when the value of these go down, the interest rate goes up. When the value of junk bonds, I'm actually looking at value of junk bonds, goes down, uh, that is a precursor to a market crash because historically in the past, 
people have seen a crash coming and they get out of their junk bonds fast because junk bonds go down faster than stocks do when they crash. <laughs> so they're really concerned about holding junk bonds as, and, and I imagine there's a lot of naive people that own junk bonds that don't, do not understand the danger of owning a junk bond. So uh, it, because it's a precursor, I watch it. What's happened? Well, for the first time, the value, I, I watch the value of this uh, PIMCO stock, uh, high, high yield bond index, and it, it's moved from 9.08 and down, down 9.02 last week. This week it's 8.99. When it w broke below 9%, that was my target to start really watching this one. This one is now starting to fall slowly. It's not a precursor yet. It's slowly. I would say it hasn't even moved from green to orange, but if it hit, you know, 8.8% or something like that, I would say it's flashing, flashing. So it's, uh, that one is, is uh, also, I mean, the first one, 10 years is orange, flashing orange. It's a flasher. Uh, could be, it could become red if, if it becomes dramatic. It, there was a moment last week when there was, uh, there was a moment last week when there was, uh, uh, the interest rates truly spiked at a moment uh, between the 10 and 30 year rates. And, uh, and it came right back down again. But that, what that showed was a lack of liquidity in the market. It said that our credit market of all things is fragile. And that's, that was another big flashing red light to me. It's fragile. It's, those are the little things that cause markets to crack. It's out of the blue. You don't expect it. What does it mean when you're out of liquidity? It means you don't have money. But the Fed's printing trillions of dollars. How can you be out of money? Uh, that, those are the conundrum questions to ask. That was a big deal last week. So, so be it. Now, onward. Number three precursor is the U.S. dollar. Why? Because we expect the dollar to go down to cause inflation and it, to inflate. And then inflation goes up and then it causes the market to crack eventually because it gets too high. And... Uh, but in fact, the opposite happened. The dollar strengthened this last week. So uh, the euro was 1.19 at the end of the week. It was had been up to 1.22 the previous week. Uh, the pound was 1.38. That strengthened. The pound got stronger. So the pound is stronger than the dollar. It's going up faster than the dollar. The yen fell, which means that the dollar strengthened against the yen. It was 108 yen to the dollar rather than the 105 it had been previously. So the dollar strengthened, strengthened because went up. So that was that, that's clearly just a green. It's, and there's no precursor there. The fourth precursor is the uh, consumer price index or the inflation index, and we don't have a new one, so we'll just skip that. That is, if you have high inflation, it's a the measure of having a lower dollar too uh, causes the, some of the inflation. We're going to get inflation for a lot of reasons. Incidentally, I've given you a lot of them during this particular. Uh, podcast. Oh, the fifth precursor is any change to the Fed policy, and there have been nothing. So nothing there. What, what you see is if the Fed changes direction, even a little bit, it causes the markets to, to be totally shaken. Uh, so anytime the Fed speaks, you listen. That's, that's what that story is. So I listen to the Fed. I listen to Jerome Powell. I listen to the other members of the Fed, too. Okay, the sixth and last one, or a bluebird, something out of the out of the blue that comes in that can crash you. I mean, we had that 
that uh, spike that happened in uh, interest rates uh, up and down, and most people never saw it, never even knew it happened. Uh, but it did happen, and those are the things that uh, can get you. But no, there's no, there's no bluebird that's rattling markets. And that one even didn't rattle the market. It was up and down all within a few minutes. That's how fast it happened, a few minutes. Computers are amazing in what they can do. Well, I would say that's it for today, folks. I wish you a great, great coming week. Uh, and uh, I'll be talking to you in one week's time. This is The Economy Guy signing off. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.